Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Our back for hour number two on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for joining us this morning. Talk baseball in hour number one. And we're looking at uh, some football for hour number two. Uh, there are some fantasy conferences going on this week in New York. Uh, a lot going on as the people sort of prep themselves for fantasy football season. I think things are coming alive. Scott Fishbowl, a famous league, starts on uh, July 8th. That's So that's nine days away. I'm involved in a couple of slow drafts right now. Uh, I own a team with Tony Sincata. In fact, uh, during the next break, I'll see if our our pick is up. Maybe I'll pick it live on air. But one story I saw, and we're going to talk AFC North today. George and I will go through some of those teams. We've been doing sort of over-unders and figuring out what the fantasy projections are, expectations are for some of the players on those teams. My team, the Steelers, and uh, we got the Browns, obviously, which everybody's excited about. Uh, I know George is in love with Andy Dalton this year. So we'll talk about them, yeah, and then fan. we'll talk about, big fan. talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Red <laughs> Baltimore Rifle. Ravens. Um, yeah, based on the... Based on the totals we've seen for Vegas, I don't think there's a lot uh, expected out of the Bengals this year. But uh, one story that was kind of interesting, Illinois, uh, this is from Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Illinois officially has joined the parade of states that embraced legalized sports wagering since the Supreme Court opened the floodgates last May. Uh, one story I saw, uh, New Jersey topped Nevada for sports wagers taken in the month of May. That's pretty interesting. Uh, I know people have projected that sometime in 2020, New Jersey could overtake them, or 2021. I think it's happening much more rapidly than that. There's such a huge population base in New Jersey and around New Jersey. I think that's why we're seeing uh, such volume uh, in that month. So California has officially entered the pipeline. It won't be as easy as it has been in other states, apparently. So a public vote will be needed to change the state's constitution to allow sports wagering. Via Sports Business Daily, California legislators have proposed a ballot measure that would set the stage for legalized gambling on sports with an election that could happen as soon as November 2020. So we're still a year and change away. But tribal groups with casinos in California could push push back aggressively. In Florida, Native American gaming interests work with Disney to finagle an amendment to the Constitution, opposed by the Dolphins, to require public vote for any gambling expansion along with a 60% supermajority. But as noted by David Purdom of ESPN.com, the bill needs a 66% legislator approval for the California version of the law before it could get to get to a public ballot. So it makes it pretty hard to get there. The reality is Nevada is going to be happy to see that fail. New Jersey became in May the first state to ever handle more wagers than Nevada, like I just said. And Nevada's wagering business has spiked since the topic of legalized sports gambling entered mainstream consciousness. So pretty interesting. Even though Nevada's been pushing back, it has actually benefited them. Um, will it benefit them long term if all of these states go legal? We shall see. But safe to say folks in California have no local options when it comes to placing bets at this moment. I mean, my feeling on this has always been the same here. You know, uh, being an American, I like freedom. I'd be able to make my own choices here. And I think stuff like this would be up to you. You want to bet? Bet. You don't? Don't. I mean, it's really that simple. Uh, you're not hurting anybody else by betting. So there's no reason there should be laws against it. You know, that's, that's, that's my thinking. I understand sometimes they're trying to protect you against yourself. That, that's not what that should be here for. Do you want to gamble on a game? You're going to do it anyway. Right? It's not like it's hard to do illegally. You can always find a book. You can always find stuff online. You can always do this. So I don't know why they're worried about this. I think it should be what, they, what they're what they doing in some states now. You'll, 
You let them do it. You tax it. Fine. You know, and I believe that almost everything, by the way. Uh, so that, once again, it's be our choice, not the government's job to regulate what we can and what we can't do as far as that's concerned when you're not hurting anybody else. You know, I'm the guy who doesn't believe you should be forced to wear a seatbelt in a car. Once again, it's my choice. I want to wear wow, it. Wow, that's not I'll popular. That's not a popular stance these days. But why shouldn't it be? Why is the government telling me I need to wear a seatbelt? only person I'm endangering is me. I mean, um, it's just silly to me. I think you could make the argument, though, that fatal car accidents on the roadways due to people not wearing seatbelts endangers more people than just yourself, right? People that makes no sense. From car- people being ejected from cars during car accidents could create a That's a, a rarity to be ejected from a car. And either way, if you are, you're not endangering anybody else. You're endangering yourself. Listen, yeah, you you're endangering yourself making, primarily. There could be a secondary effect is all I'm saying. Yeah, you, can, you can play that game with anything. And that, that game, I mean, once again, it makes no sense. I, I'm only endangering my life. It's, if you're not going to make smoking illegal, please don't tell me anything else mm-hmm. about how say, oh, it makes more sense to wear a seatbelt than not have smoking illegal. All right. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just it's, it's idiotic. And it's all, about, it's all about the lobbies and who's lobbying, what, who's spending the money here. It's, it's, once again, I believe in freedom. I don't believe we should be told what to do. Listen, I'm also the guy who believes that uh, prostitution should be legal. Once again, not hurting anybody. And if you're going to tax it, make sure everybody's healthy true, with it. You're a true libertarian. You are. So, uh, no, I, I mean that, and I, I mean that as no criticism at all. Like, that's a true libertarian stance that the government shouldn't really Im- have impact on personal choices. Um, as far exactly. as. Um, as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, there are certain things. Look, the you you're as far as the seatbelts is concerned, you're just paying a ticket. So the legality of it is uh, clearly you get you can get a summons for it, but it's just a fine. The legality of going to an illegal bookmaker or going to or smoking marijuana when the laws were not in favor of it, obviously. De- dealt far more serious consequences than a ticket, but I understand your greater point. It's a true libertarian stance, and I, I can appreciate it. I, like I, I respect where you're. Oh, I, I don't think so. marijuana should be legal. By the way, I didn't say that. I think that should be illegal, only because you're going to get these idiots that are going to go drive a car and be impaired, well, and then they're going to kill me. Well, same as alcohol, though. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah, I mean, George doesn't drink, for those that don't know. So um, he's got his true libertarian stance. He's standing behind it. Uh, I, I get where you're coming from, but, you know, I, I, we can't get into a huge debate about it. But uh, to those types of substances, cigarettes, alcohol, marijuana, they are can, can be con- controlled substances. But I guess my point is if we're going to let some go, I don't understand why, to your point that you made from the beginning, why gambling would be different from the rest. I mean, listen, it's just personal choice. If you don't, if you don't want to gamble, don't gamble. I mean, no yeah. one's forcing you to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just find it strange. I mean, once again, it's, it's sports gambling. That gets you through the day. What's the difference between spending uh, $100 gambling on a night than going out to a club or a bar, spending on drinks and food, whatever? It's the same thing. If that's what makes you happy, you know, watching the games on TV and you put, you know, your money on games. I get it that you don't want people spending thousands and thousands of dollars and wasting all their money and getting into all this uh, trouble there. But once again, people find other ways to get in trouble anyway. You know, if that's what makes them happy, I don't think it should be regulated. I just, I just don't. You know, I think it, sh- it should be legal. Let people do what they want to do. As long as you're not hurting anybody else, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, okay. So that's your news on California. They have, are trying to get something on the ballot, but it'll be over a year before anything would change in any kind of significant way. So we've talked a little bit about Cam Newton recently. Uh, when Cam got hurt last year, it kind of imploded their season. They got smoked by Pittsburgh, and, you know, um, you know the irony was when the Steelers crushed the Panthers in that one Thursday night game, It the Steelers had been on, like, a five-game streak, and they won that game. I was like, wow, they really righted the ship after that bumpy September. And it went south after they did that. It went south. It went south of both teams. Yes. Yeah. It did went so badly. You thought the Steelers would be on a run. Then they ended up losing that Denver game. They lost to Oakland. Like, it went south. Then in the Antonio Brown thing, really blew up. He missed the Bengals game. Like, the Steelers were in a good position. I want to say they were 7-4 and four after that. I'll, I'm going to look back on it because we're, we're going to get into the Steelers next. They were 9-6. That's right. They had that tie. 
But yeah, after they beat the Panthers, they were six, six two and one, and they finished the season nine six and one. So we'll get into the Steelers next. But this storyline is really about how long Cam is going to stick with this new throwing motion. It seems to be a storyline that they're not sure if he's going to going to stick with it. So. Uh, of course, Newton said on the eve of his latest birthday that he's too old to change his playing style as he now changes one of the most important aspects of a quarterback's playing style. If it works and if he remains healthy, the Panthers could turn back the clock four years, tear up a division that is at best is, that is at best in transition and potentially twist the road to Miami through Charlotte. Um, so it feels like 2019, Newton will either secure Newton's future in Charlotte or hasten its conclusion, especially since he's currently averaging $20.7 million per, per year, far less than the top of the market with two years left on his contract. That all, again, by Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. So we talked a little bit about it. Do you think Cam's going to stick with this? I think it's easy to stick with it in practice. You know, and uh, you know, let's face it, you're not getting hit. You're not really worried about anything. Once the games are real and these guys are trying to kill you, it's going to be very hard for me to all of a sudden assume that Cam's going to be able to stick with a new motion and new mechanics. I think, no, I think he'll go back to what he was doing. I think it's almost human nature to help protect himself. So I'd be surprised, Mike, if he's able to keep this up. And this is for anybody, by the way. I think any, any quarterback would be tough doing this. He, this is not a first, second-year guy. You know, okay, you're working on things. This is a guy, he's, he's a veteran, been around a while now, and you're going to try and do this, 30 years old? I have a hard time seeing it. Or if he does see it, there's going to be some growing pains. He's going to make some mistakes because of it. Cam has never been the most accurate of quarterbacks anyway. You know, let's face it, that's not what he is. So, uh, I don't know, I, this uh, worries me more. Plus, he's not, he's not really throwing the ball with full velocity yet either. So how does that change things once that shoulder is completely uh, ready to go here? You know, when, when will that be? Are we talking August yet? Yeah, the same one as of, uh, what, a week ago, uh, he was only throwing the ball 20 yards. That's it. So uh, this is a work in progress, to say the least. Uh, okay, a couple other news and notes before we're going to do the AFC North starting uh, in the next segment. And a couple of other news and notes on players. Isaiah Wynn, the Athletics' Jeff Howe reports Patriots uh, offensive lineman, Isaiah Wynn, who missed his entire rookie season, with a torn Achilles, is on track for training camp. So they get their first-round pick back, George. They obviously let Trent Brown go in the offseason. They lost Gronk as a blocking asset. But, you know, Dante Scarnecchia is arguably the most important piece of this Patriots dynasty. He keeps taking whatever offensive lineman they give him, and in this instance, they have a really talented one, and making him into an offensive lineman that protects Brady, opens holes for Sonny Michel, James White, and whomever, and Rex Burkhead, and whomever else wants to touch it. Shout out to James Devlin. And then uh, makes them into the best offensive line, or one of the best offensive lines in the league. So getting Isaiah Wynn back is a nice replacement for losing the top price free agency uh, left tackle. Yeah, agreed. I got, you got to keep Brady upright. And in my, maybe you got to keep him upright a little longer this year. Now he doesn't have Gronk, right? And uh, outside weapons, we don't know what's going on with Josh Gordon uh, and the like there. So, yes. Uh, then again, he's pretty much be a first-year player, a first-year-plus player. Let's see what you can get out of him, how quickly he can get up to speed here. But certainly a bonus for the Patriots. Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan said Tyler Eifert is trending in the right direction. He sat out minicamp but got in some work <laughs> at OTAs. This is crazy. He looks on track for training camp barring a setback. The Bengals drafted tight end Drew Sample in the second round, allowing Eifert to focus on running routes and less blocking. Could should also help Eifert avoid injuries. I gotta be I gotta say, I'm I actually thought he was going to retire because the injuries were so had mounted so much. But he's making his way back. Uh, I don't think you – we can talk about the Bengals at length uh, during their segment, but you have any expectations for him in this offense if he's only out there running routes? How can you? I, I would. I mean, really, how, how can you? All right, you look at, let's look at tight end here where you could possibly put him in there. Uh, Kelsey, Eric, Kittle, Engram, Henry, Howard, uh, Walker, Ebron, uh, Cook. I mean, then you'll maybe Olsen, so Carolina Hooper. I guess he's in with these guys, Burton, Randolph. I mean, we're going pretty far down the list here. Graham, Reed, where are we putting him? Are we putting him any, ahead of any of these guys I just mentioned? Najoku, Doyle, McDonald? No. I'm looking at the so NFFC ADPs for tight ends right now just for this month. I shortened it just for the month of June. 
and he's ranked 25th. That's about right. I mean, yeah. Hawkinson, and, and a tight Fant, end three. You know, Chris Herndon. I mean, like, there's so many guys. To, who, would you, who would you take first, Eifert or Witten? Ugh. That's a good right? one. It's not, the fact that it's not an easy choice tells you something. And I don't want Witten on my team. You know, Eifert, no. Eifert, in my mind, draft-wise, he'll be a, uh, what, uh, a waiver wire pickup? You know, when, yeah, when a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of tight ends go down. Draft. You don't need to draft. There's Tyler no way Eifert. I draft him. No way. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. there are many guys. Hey, I don't, I, I don't want to draft two tight ends anyway. Not in a regular. Best ball, it's a little different. But in uh, regular redraft leagues, I don't want to draft two tight ends anyway. I'll pick up one of the way. I just said there's a lot of guys out there in that, really, that 10 to 20 range you can grab. Yeah, yeah, so I'll wait on the waiver wire and grab these guys if my tight end goes down here. And uh, Eifert is not one of these guys. No, That's really the why I brought him up hurt again. for these sort of best ball conversations. Like, is he the guy that you think he could get a steal out of? I just don't – even if they – I guess they need, they have to limit him in snaps. So, yeah, maybe he starts catching touchdowns again. But I don't have a lot of expectations for the offense. And I'm, I'm actually somewhat surprised that he's still toughing it out. Um, I get it. He's passionate about. You know, God, listen, God bless him. He loves playing. That, that's fine. That's great. You know, good and good luck to him. But I ain't betting on it. Yeah, but you and I have cringed at certain players that like keep going out there. You know what I mean? Whether it's Tony Romo or Gronk, you and I, I think, share a similar sensibility. Like, uh, it's not my money, and it's their life and all that. But I, I cringe when I see guys really like laboring and and trying to make it back after some debilitating injuries, and Eifert's had a couple of rough ones. I think we've seen over the past couple of years now, Mike, that these football players are being smarter and about their health, and they realize, I, I, I get it, you want to play. We all want to play. We all love playing. But, you know, especially Romo was the one who came to mind. That was back injuries over and over again. He's got kids, and you want to be able to do things with your kids, right? You want to be able to have a, a normal life with them. It's just not worth the, uh, the chance of getting a serious injury where you can't walk normal, you can't do normal things, you can't go golfing. Uh, something like that. Yeah, and Gronk, he, Gronk was just, he was always, as great as he was, he was an easy target. And guys were crushing him on the hits. So he was going to take those injuries. I don't blame these guys for retiring er, er, early at all. I don't. You know, I would have loved, as a Cowboy fan, I would love to see Tony Romo play a couple more years. Loved Gronk was maybe my favorite player in the NFL, period. Would have loved to have seen him play. A guy who enjoys the game as much as he did, he was fun to watch. But uh, I'm, I'd be worried about my overall health. Uh, it's, it, in the end, it's just not worth it. Eifert started only four games in the last three years. He played in 14 over the last three seasons. So uh, hasn't been a lot of productivity there. 19 catches over the last two seasons. He's only played in six games. So we'll come back. We'll talk about the AFC North right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. We're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, getting the game at DraftKings Sportsbook where listeners of this show can get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Life is more fun when you have skin in the game, so test your skills at DraftKings, the game inside the game. Go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK to claim your risk-free $500 bet. That's a $500 risk-free bet at DraftKings Sportsbook when you go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK. Claim your risk-free bet today. So, George, we're talking uh, AFC North. We're going to start off with the Cleveland Browns. They're the talk of the town. The talk of the league, a lot of expectations, which it's been a while since there's been any kind of expectations. There hasn't even been like, there's been a lot of teams out there like, this is the year that they make a run. Like you hear that a lot with the Dolphins. We we heard that a whole bunch. Like this might be the year that the Dolphins can break through. Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, and you have other teams, and is this year they break through? We haven't even got a chance to really hear that from the Browns because they've been so bad 
but this is actually the year that there's expectations for them to break through from Vegas, from their fan base, from a lot of people that think this could be a very dynamic offense led by Baker Mayfield. So as we go through it, just sort of give me your general thoughts right now on if you like this transition that they've made, coaching, players, and everything else. Well, you got to like what they have done. They, they're certainly relevant again, right? Yeah. Uh, Mayfield, he's, he's brash, uh, probably too brash. Uh, I think he's going to get himself. Trey's already got, gotten himself in trouble. He's the, the new Ben Roethlisberger. Guy who's, you know, says whatever's on his mind, usually it's things you really can't, shouldn't be saying. Uh, the newest thing, of course, being getting on Duke Johnson when that's really none of your business. Uh, he should be staying out of that in his contract situation there. Uh, players aren't going to like that. Yeah, so I think he'll, he might get in trouble with his mouth. Uh, Something's going to calm that down a little bit, be a leader, but be a leader within, uh, you know, within limits. You don't, have to com- you don't have to talk and give your opinion on every little thing. Okay, it's really things that aren't in your control there. But either way, we know he can play quarterback. Running back is deep. Chubb, Hunt, when he comes back from suspension. And Duke Johnson. Uh, receiving core, Beckham, Landry, Callaway, Higgins. I mean, you got to like what you're seeing there. Tight end Najoku, who I'm a big fan of. I would take, I would take Najoku as my tight end one in every league and be very happy. Uh, defense, I think that's where, you know, stuff to come around here. Olivia Vernon, can he be that pass rush they were looking for? Sheldon Richardson, uh, defensive tackle. Miles Garrett, can he be that, uh, once again, the number one overall pick? Linebacking core, although you probably haven't heard them. Schobert, nice middle linebacker, gobbles up the tackles. Cornerback Denzel Ward was last year's top pick. The, the players are there. Morgan Burnett, it's a strong safety uh, to make a run here. They drafted Greedy you know, Williams in the second round this year at corner, too. So another talented quarter comes in. Right. So the secondary, they're, they're working on it. Right. Greedy Williams. Uh, it's a great, great name. Uh, great name. So it is a great name. Uh, everything like that. So well, we'll see what they can do here. I don't think they're the uh, the favorites in the AFC, which some people believe they are. I'm not certainly not going that far. But they're no longer a laughing stock. I expect them to finish above 500. I think right now I might pick them to win the AFC North. I think it'll be close between them and Pittsburgh. You know, Baltimore will be in that mix as well here. So the teams are going to beat up on each other. Cincinnati's an afterthought uh, out of those teams. So I'm happy for the fans of Cleveland. Lord knows we've been picking on this team for, what, a decade, two, since they were relevant. So uh, good for them. I think they're on the upswing. Browns are plus 135 to win the AFC North. The favorites, uh, this is FanDuel Sportsbook. Steelers are plus 190, Ravens plus 270, Bengals plus 1,400. That's to win the uh, AFC North. Let me get you their playoff odds. The Browns are minus 122 to make the playoffs. So you got to give up some juice to get the Browns on the playoffs. And their win total, which we'll do in a moment, their win total right now is set at 9.5. So that's a lot of expectations for this team. Now... I've said before, I have some concerns about a first-year head coach coming in and having to wrangle this roster. Um, obviously, you have some personalities there to deal with, to, to fill in the blanks for those that didn't know what Baker may have said. NFL.com's Mike Silver reported, just this is a couple of weeks ago, several veteran Browns, quote, several veteran Browns, approached Baker Mayfield about his Duke Johnson comments and, quote, registered their displeasure. Mayfield and coach Freddie Kitchens were searingly blunt with their Duke Johnson comments after the back held out of OTAs but reported for minicamp. A coach is one thing, but a player, especially a young one, throwing a teammate under the bus during a trade contract dispute is indeed an unusual look. That's according to, uh, like I said, Mike Silver uh, and uh, filled in uh, by Roto World. So (sighs) considering that type of dynamic, and clearly, Duke Johnson, I think we even talked about it last week. You can understand his frustration that he is being kept around in a part-time role where he feels like perhaps, even though, even, uh, look, I'm sure he thinks he can be a lead back, but even you and I could see him gaining more touches and being more impactful and probably making himself more money long-term on another team because he would have more exposure. I think that's probably what he's frustrated by. I think Mayfield has to learn what to talk about, what not to talk about. I think there be there are two things. Well, there are three things that could hurt uh, the Browns. Injuries are, can hurt any team, so that's always a, a thing you throw out there. And the other one was Mayfield in his mouth, and the other one you already said it. Kitchens, you know, first year head coach making mistakes. Listen, uh, the talent is there. You know, well, this team should at the very least compete for a playoff spot. 
Yeah, anything else would be, uh, we'll see what happens during the season here. But uh, Mayfield's got to learn what he can talk about, what he can't. You, you don't talk about another person's money. And that's pretty basic. And that was a, st- it was a stupid comment. You know, even the coach probably in some way shouldn't get involved with that. Because uh, once again, you're undermining your own players there. That's something the GM has to, uh, that's his job. Right, no worry about that. You don't, uh, you don't get involved. I think Johnson does have a little bit of a right to be upset here, but once again, we see, this is what the offseason's for. Where you take care of your business, and this is what Johnson's doing. No reason for Mayfield to get involved. Doesn't make him look good. You know, uh, you could say he's a second-year player, but he still should have known better than to uh, talk about someone else's contract. And so, like I said, that's what I mean. Mayfield and his mouth could get him in trouble. You know, last year is pretty much what making fun. Uh, I shouldn't say making fun, uh, but talking about his old head coach. You know, and no matter what you felt about uh, Jackson or not, there's no reason to say anything. You know, I enjoyed it. I didn't bother me that he did it, but probably you don't want to be talking like that. There's just no reason to. You're putting all the story on you. You know, you're becoming an I me player. You know, look at me, look at what I'm going to say. I said, it's funny how maybe the two uh, biggest quarterbacks, as far as doing that, both play in the AFC North because Ben's the other one. And you see how that works out in a while. Antonio Brown eventually it boiled over. It took years, but it boiled over. And you do you think if he didn't say anything about the stupid Denver route that he'd still be on the team? Did you think? Do you think that that was just it? With uh, ben. with Ben, yeah, Ben, ben was hilarious on, on the uh, the uh, the final interception of that game. He actually blamed it on the offensive lineman for blocking too well because he blocked the defensive. Play and then he said the, Antonio uh, Brown ran the wrong route. You know, ran the wrong I, route. I could get yeah. into a whole thing. I mean, I get it. let's let's wow. save it for the Steelers because we'll get into a whole thing on Ben. But you're right. These two guys are extremely outspoken and in the same division. So let me ask you about Baker specifically. Um, I'm using NFFC ADPs right now for the month of June. Um, obviously, you could go to other places and find a different ADPs, but this is what I'm looking at right now. Baker is fifth off the board at quarterback. Mahomes, Luck, Rogers, uh, Deshaun Watson, Baker, right in front of Matty Ice and Drew Brees. Uh, so... You think that's accurate? Do you have Baker? I mean, there obviously are expectations with the weapons that they have for the Browns to push the ball down the field. Maybe, like you said, the defensive backfield isn't all the way there, so they get into some shootouts, but pretty interesting. Freddie Kitchens is an interesting play caller, so do you like Baker as the number five quarterback off the board? I don't really have an issue with it. Um, if, he's, if he does, ends up being the number five quarterback off the board, I won't have him in any league, at least not a one quarterback league. You already know me. You know where I'm taking my quarterbacks. All right, that'll be double digit yeah. rounds. Mayfield will be gone by then, so I won't have to worry about him in uh, super flex leagues or two quarterback leagues. You, know, you and I are both in the Scott Fishbowl, you know, so we uh, we will have to take a, a second quarterback there. Sure, there's a chance I'll have Mayfield because I'll be drafting quarterbacks early and often. Matter of fact, in that league, I have the 11th overall pick in the first round. Which means puts me at eleven and fourteen. I can guarantee you, one of my first two picks is a quarterback. You know, there'd be no doubt about that. Odds are to be my second pick, only because I'm not waiting to take my first quarterback until pick twenty four, thirty five. You can't do that in a superflex league. So uh, I can guarantee you, I'll have my quarterback at eleven or fourteen. And if Mayfield's there at fourteen, if a couple other quarterbacks have gone, one thing about the Scott Fishbowl, uh, I've implied played it in it since year one. You never know in your draft is it going to be a quarterback heavy draft or not. Some of these leagues, quarterbacks are flying off the board in the first round. Some, no. It just depends on what everybody else believes. It really depends on who you're playing with and how savvy they are. Last year, I played in a very, to your point, I played in a very heavy hitter division last year. It was, you know, Matt Berry and Adam Rank and, and myself and, and Mike Leone. And, and I'm not saying I'm one of the heavy hitters. I'm just saying there were a lot of high-profile guys in there. And uh, people waited on QBs. I was the first guy to jump in, really, and, and get both my quarterbacks. Um, so, to your point, it's it you have to really be prepared for both options. You may have to go QB QB right out of the gate, or guys might wait around, and maybe you're getting Baker in the fourth round. You know what I mean? As your second QB, could be something like that. It's one of the benefits of going eleventh. I'll have a read. Is it going to be That's quarterback right. heavy or not? Uh, it, it is one of the benefits of going 11th uh, in this league because I played in drafts in this one where I said four or five quarterbacks gone in the first round. All right, this is the way it's going to be. All quarterbacks will be gone by the end of round three. And I played a number of times where it's been like you just said, people waited. Now, one thing to throw out here, this is six points for a touchdown pass, which is why there's no doubt in my mind I will have a quarterback at 11 or 14. Quarterbacks are going right. to outscore everybody else badly. I, I, I'd go in with the same strategy as you. I'd have to have one. 
Yeah, so I think even even if the first ten players were not a quarterback, I'll take Pat Mahomes and go, <laughs> and then I'll yeah. live at fourteen. We'll see what it is. But that being said, I exp- I don't even know who's in my division. Uh, I haven't looked. I, honestly, I don't care. Uh, that being said, I expect. Mm, that my first quarterback will be at number 14. I will take the best running back at 11, assuming uh, someone's there that I, uh, that I like, only because you, obviously you want to make sure you get a good running back. Uh, wide receivers become an afterthought in this league, uh, for me anyway. Like I said, six points for a touchdown pass. I got to get at least one ace quarterback, and of course you want your running backs, and then I'll deal with the draft after that. It's a fun league, and it has a couple of other uh, other nuances as far as uh, bonus points and stuff like that. But uh, like I said, super flex leagues and two quarterback leagues, you just change your draft strategy. You have to, especially. It's the only thing I don't like is I, I don't believe there should, it should be six points for a touchdown pass because it really just overweights the quarterback. But now you have to grab one. I prefer it yeah. to be back to the normal four. But that that being said, I never really care about rules in a league as long as I know what they are. We're all playing by them, so it'll be fun. But like any other league, injuries will determine my fate. They always do, and we'll see how it goes. I enjoy playing in this league. It's fun. I like the new rules that Scott uh, puts in. Last year he was the first person I've ever seen do the PP one which is point per first down, which I think is what all... That should be the standard. Not a standard league, not a PPR, point per first down. You know, point per reception, I understand why people get don't like it, because why are you giving a point if he, he catches the ball, but he lost two yards? I get that. But a, a first down is always important. So a PP1 yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah, we'll, t- we'll take a look at the scoring maybe in uh, hour number three to see if uh, any changes have been made. I-, I-, I only know of one guy in my division right now. I-, I saw the names the other day. The only one that I- really jumps out to me that I remember is Thor Nystrom from uh, Roto World. So he'll be in my division. A few other good names in there as well. I can rattle them off uh, after I look it up. So, all right, back to the Browns. Um, we know there's a lot going on here, but let's we're going to take it game by game. Uh, for this season, and I'm trying to get to that page. Uh, by the way, funny text from our your buddy Mike Cardano and mine. Um, I asked him if I had to do any of the reads, and he said no because it's Libertarian Weekend. So obviously he's listening, <laughs> but there but there won't be any reads uh, this week. So um, DraftKings good got for a Mike. So all right, here we go. Browns, uh, GK, MB. Win, loss, win, loss. Okay. It's very scientific. So here we go. Tennessee Titans. They All right, first game's at Titans home, right? Yeah. I got to give them a W. I, I, I think Tennessee's a good team, nothing, uh, but not great. I'll give, uh, give me Cleveland. They are horrible in season openers, the Browns. But it's a new team. Should have won last year. Kick a field goal. They should have. It was raining. Either team should have won. Is well, that was a horrible tie? It really was a horrible tie of a game. Um, kept the Steelers out of the playoffs too. So uh, next one at the Jets. The Cleveland Browns have two of their first five games on Monday Night Football. Yeah, who would have thought that? That's uh right. This is what be- they get too. this game because of the uh, the Cleveland and Jets played the first Monday Night game. I think that's what's going on here. Uh, I believe that's the story behind this. Hundredth uh, year in the NFL, um, they're trying to do a lot of throwback, uh, nostalgic stuff. So, uh, put that in there. Yep. Uh, give this. I think it's a tougher game. It's at New York. I'm still going to go with the Brownies. Oh boy, I'm I'm, I'm hooking the Jets up. I feel like people are saying like, yeah, the Jets could be better, but they still think the Jets are going to stink. So I'm going to give the Jets that win. Uh, then they host the Rams. That'd be a good test for them. It will be a good test, but I, I got to give them a loss here. Let's, uh, there will be no silence of the Rams. I will give them the win. So we're still at 2-1. and one. We just picked different games. Then they go to Baltimore. It's a little to tough here. At Baltimore, there. then at San Fran, then Seattle. <laughs> at Baltimore, at San Fran, they're not going to win both. They'll go 1-1. One one. Two minutes. Okay. Uh... I'm going to have them at two. So here's the interesting thing about their schedule. We'll probably bleed into the next segment for the Browns. So you made the point about the two Monday night games. So they host Tennessee, then they go to New York, and then on a short week they play the Rams. It's a home game. Then they go to Baltimore, and here's the hard part of the schedule. The teams are hard enough, right? Rams, Ravens, Niners, Hawks, those are – three playoff teams and one that we expect to bounce back. They play a Monday nighter in San Fran, come home, then the next week is in Seattle. So on a short week, they're getting a Monday night home, game on the West Coast. I got home against Coast. Seattle. 
Sorry. It's home against yeah, Seattle. That's right. That's my bad. That's my bad. You're right. So that changes it. Okay. So you have them at after six games, three and three. Oh, I wasn't keeping track here. Was it one and oh, two and oh, two and one, three and two? Oh, we, we didn't do a Seattle game. I didn't give a win or loss there. Okay. Uh, I'll give so I'll give Seattle. a win against Seattle. Yeah, we'll give a win against Seattle. Okay. All right. So I think we both have them at three and three going into their bye. Let's see if we can do rapid fire here. Pat at the at Patriots loss. Loss. At Denver. Win. Hosting Buffalo, the Steelers, and the Dolphins three weeks in a row. The Steelers is a Monday night game, so short week against the Steelers. Uh, Steelers is a Thursday night game. Uh, yeah, Buffalo good. win. Steelers, Steelers, they'll split with. Miami's a win. Cincinnati a win. Arizona a win. Baltimore, they're split with, so that'll be a win. They beat Cincinnati. Schedule's cake in the second half. It is. It, it lightens up there. They got an easy It's cake during fantasy playoff times. Get your Browns for fantasy playoffs. There you go. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the Browns after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back to Libertarian Weekend on the Weekend Fantasy Update. It's Mike and George. Hit us up on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. I'm at Mike Blewett. George is at George Kurtz. So uh, George was really getting into his uh, political stances earlier, and it was uh, interesting to listen to. So uh, we were talking about the Browns. Uh, George has them to tally it because we did it so rapid fire right before the break. George has them at 11 and 5. I have them at 10 and 6. So George has them with a hard over. Um, would you, would that really interest you? Do you think given their schedule and just to run through it, because George pointed it out, their schedule is much tougher in the first half. They have up until the bye week, those six games and then new England, those first seven games are tough. They got road games against the Niners, the Ravens and the Patriots hosting the Rams and Seattle. That's, that's tough. Tennessee isn't going to be a walkover and playing at the Jets. I don't think they're a walkover either. You know, it gets it gets tough. But once you hit week nine, once they turn the calendar over to November at Denver, then three home games in a row, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Miami, even though Pittsburgh's on a short week. Then at Pittsburgh, as the calendar turns over to December 1st, and then December is the Bengals at Arizona, the Ravens at home. And at Cincinnati, Cincinnati might be experimenting at that point with like Ryan Finley or somebody well, no matter else. What they're doing, right? So that that December for Cincinnati could be pretty rough. I think George and I are both in that they're going to be one of the worst teams. I'm I'm being sold a lot on the Zach Taylor transition will really help Andy Dalton. I hear people selling that. I'm just not a buyer. I'm not. So it doesn't mean I think Dalton will be terrible. I think he could put up numbers because I think you're losing a bunch of games. So I think he's a terrible asset as a QB2, but as you and I have discussed even briefly, and we could do it as we transition over to the Bengals, he may not start the whole year. They might yeah, want to get a look at uh, like Ryan Finley. They probably should have taken Haskins at 11 when they had the chance. They, I think, but I think they're also playing for this year, uh, this year's draft. You yeah. know, when the well, it's next year's draft, actually, because uh, it's quarterback heavy draft. They know they're going to be terrible, and that's what they're playing for. The, uh, you know, sort of doing that. I mean, I, I get us and I get Zach Taylor. I think he'll make things better, but Andy Dalton's not the answer anyway. It just doesn't matter. You have to move on here. And they, they need other weapons there as well. They already lost their, uh, what, their top offensive tackle. He's gone for the year, which now people, are, I guess people who drifted early now worry about taking, they took Joe Mixon too early because now the running game may not be as good, blah, 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 blah. So uh, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a bad season in Cincinnati. 
Uh, so to stay, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of transition to the Bengals here in a minute, but to stick with the Browns really quick, Nick Chubb is the 12th running back off the board in ADP. He's right behind James Conner and Dalvin Cook, right in front of Damian Williams and Leonard Fournette. You comfortable with that? Yeah, I am. I'm not worried about Kareem Hunt as much. First of all, it's the second half of the season, and if, uh, if Hunt comes in and is taking over playing time, that means Chubb wasn't playing well to begin with. That's right. right. Other than that, I don't know. You know, I know coaches tend to get cute. You know, oh, we got these guys, we got to use them. In my mind, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, uh, bringing it back to baseball, Aaron Boone's driving me crazy because he feels like because he has all these good players, he has to play them all. You know, no, you don't. You play the best players. You know, in my mind, if Hunt's playing well, you don't, uh, if Chubb's playing well, you don't replace him with Hunt. I ain't saying he got a good talent at the back there, but he's really just there to, should be there to spell Chubb and or if there's an injury other than that Chubb play. So I'm not worried about Chubb. I think, I think if Hunt wasn't there, he might be actually a couple of picks higher. You know, I think I would take uh, Chubb over, look at guys that are around, I'd take him over Fournette pretty easily. Take him over Freeman, no problem. Freeman just can't stay healthy. Uh, I don't think I'd go as high as taking him over Gurley, although Gurley scares the life out of me. I mentioned Gurley is one of the players I am dying to see where he ends up being drafted in a lot of these leagues. So and Tony, Sakata, uh, and I are in this slow draft, and we took him in the third pick of the second round. Probably in too sort early of the best for ball format. Um, oh, best ball changes things a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it, 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 he slid to us. We had taken Michael Thomas with our first pick and Gurley with our second. We backed him up with some other good running backs as well, James White, Tevin Coleman. Uh, so we're, we're getting some depth in the league. But, yeah, Tony was in on Gurley, so uh, he had the first pick. I got the next one. So um, that gives you sense there. I, I don't know that I'm going to be in Gurley on a lot of leagues, but I thought that was okay. It, it might have been a little early, but, you know, we're matter of a couple of picks when a lot of running backs were going off the board. So there you go on Chubb. I'm with you. I think Chubb, his value is depressed because of the cream hunt looming. But the reality for me, George, is when you look at the entirety of a fantasy football season, you have to take into account that having an expectation that every guy you draft is going to be great and healthy for all of the 16 games is obviously inaccurate. Good, good luck with Entire, that. Right. Entirely unlikely. So the way I look at it, if this offense is going to be high octane and we have Baker as a top five QB and they have weapons and they're moving the ball down the field, that gives me a lot of opportunities for Chubb to be good in a perhaps running a lot of 11 personnel and opening up holes for Nick Chubb. And even if Hunt came back and stole a whole bunch of carries, you know what? I got eight great games out of Nick Chubb, and then I'll have to figure it out after that. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I said, I, I, I'm not worried about uh, Chubb. I'm just not. Uh, like I said, if, if, if Hunt comes in in week nine or whatever it might be, if somebody's even ready to play then, and it's taking away carries, I mean, significant carries, it just means Chubb wasn't playing well to begin with. Right? right. Which you were in, you're probably in trouble anyway. So I'm not all that worried. I'll worry about week nine in week nine. And who say I can't grab Hunt later on anyway in my draft? I'm right. take myself that way. You know, right. so uh, I'm not going to panic about it. Uh, I'm not. Uh, uh, Chubb for me, like I said, somewhere in round two. You know, probably mid-round two is where uh, he'll be going, and I don't have an issue with that. Okay. Uh, Odell, the fifth wide receiver off the board. Uh, That's standard scoring. Let me just click it over to PPR, see if it changed it. No. He's uh, fifth off the board behind Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, right in front of Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown and Mike Evans. You good with Odell at five there? I don't have an issue with it. I mean, I think uh, Jordan Landry is going to take away some targets there. And, you know, it's just, once again, you have two good wide receivers, and Landry is a possession guy. Uh, Beckham over a big play guy over the middle. Uh, but I don't have an issue with it. No, five is fine with me. Uh, receivers are loaded up top. Uh, I think Beckham's going to have a big year. Lots to prove there. Uh, love the way he was playing with the Giants for his problems and not his, that he didn't make his own problems. But okay, hey, what do I care? Uh, but once again, that's one of those personalities you talk about in Cleveland. It would be combustible if it, if it doesn't go well. Uh, it, it would oh, be I mean, really interesting. Like it's, it, those first seven games, you know, they were like two and five, just hypothetical. It, and that could happen, by the way. That schedule isn't it easy. Could. I'm just saying because there's a lot of 50-50 games in there. And if, they, uh, if you're making mistakes and they all go against you, it could happen. I don't think so. I think, listen, Cleveland, you look at that schedule, three and four, you'll be okay because that second half is cake. 
Anything, anything above three and four, you're in good shape. You go five and two, man, then you might be in the conversation for home field advantage in the uh, in the AFC. I don't think that's going to happen. Too many, like I said, there's too many 50-50 games. All those games, really. Tennessee and New York are both 50-50 games in my mind. Rams, I think they lose. The Rams are a better team. Baltimore at, uh, on the road is a tough game. Ram, uh, Niners on the road, tough games. That's why I gave them one and one. I can't see them winning both. Seattle, if it was in Seattle, I think they'd be in a lot more trouble at home. I think they'll take care of business there. New England, listen, anybody surprised they beat New England? I don't give us New England. Not at all. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think they'll lose the game. But then the last nine games, the only game I think they lose is the one against Pittsburgh on the road. After that, I think, I think they could pretty much go eight and one. They won't, but they could. You know, that's, they just have to survive the first seven. Yeah. Okay, so on the Jarvis Landry front, he's right behind guys like Calvin Ridley, Sammy Watkins, and DJ Moore, right in front of guys like Tyler Boyd, Alshon Jeffrey, and Mike Williams. He's the 26th wide receiver off the board. You're comfortable there having Landry as your wide receiver. It's an early wide receiver three in your 12-team leagues. You comfortable with that? If he's my three, I'm if I get, Right, I am, I am ecstatic if he's my three. All right, I think I'd have him a little higher in my rankings than in PPR, uh, yeah. 25, 26. Yeah, PPR, he's got to be higher. Yeah. I'd have him higher than Moore, uh, probably higher than Ridley as well. Uh, the Watkins thing is of kind of fascinating, you know? Let's find Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with Hill. Hill is definitely going to be suspended. It's a matter of how, of how long there. I might have Hill him going at 21, Watkins going at 24 for those uh, listening. Yeah, Watkins has never been someone who's proven he could be a number one. You know, he always has problems when he's going up against top cornerbacks, top coverage. So I'm going to have issues there. I would definitely take uh, Landry over Watkins. Okay. Um, so, and Joku is a guy you said you liked. He's going ninth off the board, right behind Ebron and Cook, right in front of McDonald, Vance McDonald, and Austin Hooper. Uh, of those five guys, and Joku's the one guy I want, I'd put him in front of all those guys. So would I. So would I. Uh, I know Cook. I, I, I get the. Uh, the bump up for Cook with, uh, with Breeze. And I also understand the fact that, hey, let's face it, it's Michael Thomas and Kamara, and then we don't have much to throw to. Breeze doesn't have the arm strength he once had, so closer guys, big targets, closer line of scrimmage might be what he's looking for. I get it. But I'll take the joke with his playmaking ability above him. I will. I don't have any issue there. He certainly had a hooper for me. Uh, you mentioned Ebron. He got Jack Doyle there. And now he's healthy, so that could be a little tough. Maybe Ebron doesn't get all those looks in the end zone. Plus, Devin Funches, is, is, he's almost a tight end playing wide receiver, another big body. So I think those guys could all sort of uh, you know, cannibalize each other when it comes to those touchdowns there. So I think I'd go into Joku there as well. Yeah. Going to be really important for this offensive line to be good. They've, made some, they've had some changes, obviously some transition when Joe Thomas retired, and they, they traded Kevin Zeitler to get Olivier Vernon. So the Greg Robinson, Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader, Austin Corbett, Chris Hubbard lineup is going to have to be perhaps better than their names are. Batonio and Treader have been really solid. Corbett, I guess I can't really speak to Corbett. I didn't see, I didn't get too much. But Greg Robinson's a guy that's been passed around the league a little bit, and right now he's slotted in at left tackle. So we're going to have to see how that uh, how that transition happens. But overall, I think we like the Browns to be up in double-digit win range because of the back half of their schedule. So let's make a quick transition to the Bengals. We probably won't spend too much time on them, but we'll we'll get it started. So we have the Bengals, I think we said earlier, they're at plus 1,400 to win the division, so 14-1 to 1 odds there. Cincinnati Bengals... Slated at six right now with the Steelers at nine, the Browns at nine and a half and the Ravens at eight and a half. The Bengals are clearly expected to finish in the cellar here. As far as win totals are concerned, uh, their odds to make the playoffs just for fun will be plus 680. So basically seven to one to make the playoffs. Not high expectations here. We'll go game by game on the Bengals and then we can... Uh, you don't have to go game by game. Through. Where, Where's the win coming oh, yeah, from? Let's, let me do that. Let me do it that way. Let me do it that way. You're right. Uh, because we don't expect a lot of wins here with the uh, total being six. They go to Seattle. No chance to win their opening. They host San Fran in week two. Could that be a win? No. Okay. They go to Buffalo. If the game was in Cincinnati, I would give him a shot here. Buffalo, I mean, I, Buffalo's offense is going to struggle. All right, they don't have many weapons there at all. But that defense is legit. I, it'll be a close it game. Is. Like I said, if it was it was in Cincinnati, I'd go Cincinnati. It's in Buffalo. I'm going to go Buffalo. At Pittsburgh, no, no. Not happening. 
Uh, they they host Arizona. Come on. There, there's your win. I'll, I'll give you a win in week six. Week five. Okay. So I, I'm, I literally am only marking down the wins at Baltimore. No. I said they might go 0-6. Who, who uh, are they beating in the, in the division? I think the if I'm, yeah, sure, I'm sure they'll get a win, probably, they'll go one and five. It's probably a one and who. five. It's probably one yeah, and five. I just don't know who. So you get two wins now. The Steelers have the best chance of losing to them because they are the type of team that plays down to the level of competition a lot. Even the better Steelers teams have done that often. Um, I can see the Ravens the Browns, having problems too because they don't score that day. That's right. Well, Jackson's having a bad two, day. They, the Ravens' problem moving forward is that obviously they drafted these young wide receivers, but because the offense isn't dynamic, they're going to be in a lot of close games, and you just end up losing those. You know, the, like the uh, off topic for a brief second, but the reason that a lot of people don't like Adam Gase with the Jets, there's a variety of reasons, but his record in one-score games is really good, which statisticians tell you is a bad sign because those one score games are pretty close to 50 50 over the course of time so if you have a particularly good record in one score games it just means you're getting lucky i would agree i think there'll be some close games where i turn over here turn over there mistake here mistake there cost you a game i think that's exactly how the browns are going to play uh the ravens are going to play which is why i'm, I'm have them below with steelers and uh and the browns as far as the record's concerned yeah. Okay. So we got up to the Ravens game, then Jacksonville. Could they beat Jacksonville at home? Could, but I'm going with Jacksonville. At the Rams? No. I and think that's a uh, London. I think that's a London game. No. Baltimore? No. Uh, is it at Oakland? Mm, I have a. I see an asterisk, so I'm assuming it is. Okay. Game played at neutral location, so it's it's not it's not in a. It's not Cincinnati. It's Mexico City. It's 1 p.m. Eastern. It could be the London. It could be a night game in London. So I would assume it's a it London. It's my bet. Yeah. Too bad. I like the nine. I like the nine. It is. It's in Wembley. Like, You're right. I like it George, nice job, George. Yeah. It was. It's in Wembley Stadium. So, uh, bye week at. Uh, so they host the Ravens. You said no at Oakland. Uh, once again, could be, but I'm going to go with the Raiders. The Raiders. Oh man, this is brutal. They have one win so far. Uh, Steelers uh, hosting the Steelers hosting the Jets. I don't think so. I, I can see, once again, I can see with Jets being a win. You mentioned Pittsburgh does play down. Uh, I think when you, know, when you go game by game, I see two wins. But I'm sure yeah. they'll get, I think, another one or two out of it. You know, there'll be some 50 50s. They'll win a division game. I think they will win a division game, maybe against Pittsburgh, maybe against Baltimore. If they're like 2 and 10, you got to pull Dalton. If he's not pulled before that, and just say like, oh, what, would, let's just see what Finley that. can do. Yeah, like after you said, the over week, under six, I'll take the under. Win. Yeah, it ain't good either. Uh, they got to play the Browns twice in New England once in December. It ain't a good. It's not a good way to land the plane. Hey, we'll come back. We'll Andy. talk about the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back. We'll talk about the Ravens. ADPs and their fantasy impact for this year. It's Mike and George headed over to hour number three after this.